Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, you guys. Welcome to Awkward Kids numero three. Episode three, week three. It's number three, in case you can't tell. I am your host, Operator 16, poet, blogger, songwriter extraordinaire. And this is where we talk about all things hip-hop through the perspective of life and love. It is World Mental Health Day, so before we start, I'd like to say please get your mental health checked out. Please make sure you take care of your mental health and make sure you're always doing doing what you need to. I myself have been going through it lately, and I was also traveling, which we'll get into that in a minute. Hence why the podcast is a few days late this week, but I told myself I'd sit down and give you guys this tonight. So, I would like to say, let's get right into it. Over the weekend, I went to a show, right? And not just any show. Like This was a show unlike anything I've ever been to. I went to a show in New York City at City Field for a K-pop group entitled BTS. Now, BTS stands for Beyond the Scene. I know what you're thinking, Chase, why are you talking about a K-pop group on a hip-hop podcast? Well, we're getting to that. And the reason why I wanted to go to this show was, A, because these are seven of the most talented people in music that I believe, regardless of any genre, but also these are seven guys who are heavily influenced by hip-hop and by R&B. So I wanted to, to, to see what was their live show like and also i'm a huge stand of these guys i don't stand too many people in fact outside of them i would only actually call myself like a stand of like frank ocean so i believe this was a great great thing for me to say and do and i gotta be honest with you guys like it was an amazing show from from the artwork to merchandise like these guys know how to sell everything when i tell you these guys probably made millions off merchandise alone not to mention like ticket sales and the artistic rollout of how to put on a show, I believe there's something that more hip-hop can learn from, can learn from, from people who are inspired by hip-hop and put more art into our shows. When I see a lot of hip-hop shows, it seems like it's just like a DJ with a with a laptop or someone with a mic, but this was a whole theatrical pr- production with an intro, with a beginning, with a middle, an end. The transitions even had videos to set up the next songs. And these guys, entitled BTS, Beyond the Scene, they are seven young men from South Korea, and they are super inspired by R&B and hip-hop, people like J. Cole and the Kendricks and the Nas's of, of the world. In fact, they even have an entire rap line, which is their three main members that rap. So definitely, it's an element of hip-hop, definitely an element of rap, Right. When I listen to these guys rap, when I, when I, when I listen to, to BTS put out what they believe is their version of hip-hop, I don't hear a foreign language group. I simply hear people who love hip-hop enough to put their spin on it and be original and be different about it. So I really love that. And I'm telling this story for one reason, right? There's a point in the show where their lead group member, RM says that he wanted to thank New York for inventing the style of music that changed his, his his life. And I believe that is important to say because this is not just some K-pop show, right? This was the largest K-pop show in U.S. history. And they're not just K-pop, but I do put that label on it for the people who don't necessarily know them because it's a lot easier to find them that way. So for hip-hop to be out here doing well as the number one genre of music in the world... And to also be expiring, inspiring, excuse me, people like BTS 
to step out and say things like, hey, without um, hip hop, we wouldn't be here. I believe that is what this art form should always be about. It should be about pushing other people to be great. So I'm not saying that their music is for everyone because I know there's a lot of narrow minded people out there who don't necessarily like to listen to foreign language music, which to me is the dumbest thing. But I do understand that mindset. I do understand that thinking. So I just wanted to say that it was an amazing weekend. I had an amazing time in New York City hanging with with some people who necessarily aren't hip-hop heads but do have a love for the style of hip-hop that BTS does. I personally was blown away by the show. Amazing artwork from beginning, middle to to end. First BTS show definitely won't be the last. I think that that they definitely have a lane in in hip-hop as people like, like Wale love the lead man RM. And as they just literally are some of the the best rappers I've heard in a while as far as flow, delivery, cadence of words, putting together like ciphers and things of that. I believe that if more hip hop heads were open to things outside of what they know, I believe these guys could seriously have a lane in hip hop. So. If you haven't already, make sure you go check out BTS on any major streaming platform. No, I'm not getting paid for this. I just said it because I really love their music. And I think y'all would like it. All right? So that's where I've been these these past few days. I went to that show in New York City. It was a wild turn-up weekend. Shout out to everyone that I was hanging out with. Came back and got super sick. So I had to shut it down for a few days because y'all don't want to hear me coughing up a storm on here. And I don't want to sit here for an hour and talk to y'all feeling like that. So I'd rather give y'all my 100% energy because that's what I'm here to do. All right. So let's hop into our first topic. This wasn't even the topic I wanted to talk about this week, but I have to step in and talk about this. Hmm. Vic Mensa, Victoria Menstrual Cycle. And <laughs> that's not my line. I, I stole it from DJ Academics. But it fits this dude so purpose, so perfectly. If you don't know who, who this dude is, don't worry. Most people don't in, 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 in hip-hop. This dude is that irrelevant. He doesn't mean anything to this culture as far as pushing it forward. But he did a BET Hip-Hop Awards cypher apparently taped weeks or months ago. No one actually knows if it was before X's death or not. I believe it, that, that that was after because I don't see the BT Awards taping ciphers that far in advance. But anyway, so he, you know, puts X's name in his mouth and, you know, speaks about his domestic violence accusations, which let me start off by 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 saying, if you don't like XXX Tentacion for, for whatever reason, for the things he was uh, uh, accused of, that's fine. I 100% believe you. I would never argue that point with you. Nobody I ever try to tell you don't feel like that. Me personally, in this era of the Me Too movement, while I support all victims of, of domestic violence and abuse as a victim of, of domestic abuse myself, I also don't jump and say that every person who um, who is accused is is guilty. X had a day in court. He never had that day in court because he was a gun because he was a victim of gun violence. So I hold my judgment because we never ever got to that. As opposed to someone like a Chris Brown, where we have a convicted person who was accused, who, excuse me, someone who was accused and convicted of domestic violence. Like there's a big difference, but between having charges brought up against you and just and just being 
con convicted, right? So, it's very interesting to hear someone like Vic Mensa open up his mouth and speak about people. Because this isn't the first time he's picked a fight with someone. He he had a problem with Lil Yachty when Yachty was like the most popping thing in, in the you know youth um, hip-hop movement. He tried to put a whole Yachty diss song on his album until the person who signed him, Jay-Z, for God knows what reason, stopped him. And so... Clearly, this guy just seems to go after people who are more popular than him, right? And I like to say, I'm fucking sick and tired of people thinking that just because these celebrities pander to to the current woke craze, that they give a fuck about people. They don't care, guys. These people are out here to make money. They're out here to look good. And for someone like like Big Mensa, who, who can't sell 20,000 records trying to, it's very important for him to, to do things to cause controversy. So you do this cipher, and it's played at, at the award show, and Josiah's mom is in the audience, right? And naturally, that sparks a huge internet frenzy. Ex's former DJ, I believe, tweets about it. Um, I've actually seen what he said, but I'm not going to speak on anything until you guys hear it. I believe it. I believe it'll be on in a few days. Today being October 10th, so we shall see then. But I'm just saying. For you to do that is very interesting. And then when it hits the internet and it starts going viral and your name starts getting slandered and trashed and people don't want to talk to you anymore, then you come out with the most bullshit apology saying that you did not know she was going to be um, in the audience. My nigga, you did not know that the mom of one of the biggest hip hop stars in the last five years who has recently died wasn't going to be at the BET Hip Hop Awards? I find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe you're that narrow-minded and that dense. I just cannot believe you thought that just wouldn't happen, right? And and then you say, oh, well, I'm very sorry that your son was a victim of domestic, or not domestic, excuse me, of gun violence. But, you know, I, be, I vehemently reject the trend of hip-hop and hip-hop of uh, championing of, uh, abusers. Cool. I get that. <coughs> Mm. Excuse me, as y'all can hear, I'm still super sick. But you know what? Show must go on, right? So that's fine and dandy. If you want to sit there and say, hey, we need to stop as a culture championing these people who who rape and abuse women, that's fine, dog. No one's going to disagree with you. But don't you sit there and act like you do not have a whole song entitled There There is a Lot Going On where you talk about your hands being around a woman's neck. It is super hypocritical for you to sit here and do that. And before you issued your bullshit blanket apology, you went on Instagram Live, not Instagram Live, excuse me, your Instagram story and say, who want to fight me though? So clearly you didn't give a fuck about what you said. You only said something because I'm sure your your manager or Jay-Z or someone on your PR team said you got to uh, apologize quick because it doesn't look good. And even through your apology, it still looks like bullshit. Complete and utter bullshit.
And it sucks because I've heard this song where you talk about um, having your hands around this this woman's neck. I've heard you do interviews talking about this where you didn't sound like you even give a fuck to be sorry. So I find it funny how you're the motherfucker who wants to be out here talking about how we need to stop championing these people. Cool. Let's cut your record sales. Let's cut your 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 record deal. Let's make sure you can never have a hip hop career since you want to be like that. If you're going to point the finger that a dead man who was never convicted of anything, which is beyond lame, make sure you hold your own self accountable to your own past actions. And that's what I have to say about that. It's fuck Vic Mensa forever. It's bad vibes forever. Y'all know XXX Tentacion was one of the f- hugest inspirations for my poetry, for, for my own personal music, for what I hope to achieve in this art and music game. So I ride for X. I understand X was not a perfect man, and X had a lot of freaking um, um, issues, but X was never convicted of anything. He died a, fr- a innocent man because the charges were, were dropped uh, uh, against him. And I, for one, will not sit here and bash a dead man who can't defend himself. All right? Cool? All right, let's move on. Gunna and Little Baby. Now... I'll be honest, with you guys. I never, I ain't never heard a gunner song a day in my life. I've heard a few little little baby songs because you know I hang out with some younger dudes who love him, and um, he's very big here in Atlanta. So when I heard about this co- collaboration happening, I thought, cool, you know, it'll probably sell like forty or fifty thousand, maybe like twenty pure. But for it to do, I think it did like a hundred and eighty thousand. I think it shows the power that that one little baby has because no disrespect to Gunna, I just know Gunna's not as nationally known yet as as little baby. Little baby's had cosigns like Drake, and I'll be honest, I didn't hear the project, but I did see like their songs were top on Apple Music, and it did very well on you know charts in general. And for them to put together such a strong first week in sales, it lets me know that. Maybe there is a room for more collab projects in hip hop. Maybe there is a room in in hip hop for maybe a you know one more established artist and one artist still making the come up to collide and make a dope record or a dope mixtape or an album, whatever. I believe it needs to happen more, like whole projects where rappers are coming together and making great music because as you can see people really want it people really love it they want to see what their favorite artists or these artists on the rise sound like working with other people and i believe both these guys are on qc so shout out to qc those guys over there have been killing it for a long time and (coughs) (coughs) excuse me and honestly i just honestly hope that these guys get the shine that that deserve long term. I, I hope this isn't just you know something that gets buzzed for a week and then stops. I hope these guys genuinely and honestly get to be successful for a long time because I like a few little baby songs. Um, Never needed no help. It's something I play almost every single day. Gets me high. Let me know I really don't need nobody. Do the shit my goddamn self. And I just think that that it's okay for artists to. So, you know, share the spotlight with other artists. I just hope that these labels don't see projects like this and try to pass it as like another album, because that's what I'm hoping. And that's what I'm worried 
it's going to do like they'll be like oh well this is technically your third album so so we're not going to put out your fourth like that's my only problem my only issue with stuff like that but outside of that i know gonna can freestyle because i've heard him freestyle little baby's dope Con- congrats to qc and the whole team for all their success, for everything that that they've been doing, I believe these people are some of the most forward-thinking minds in 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 hip hop. With acts like Migos and and you know Lil Yachty and their whole team just really seems to work very very well. Uh, let's see where I want to go next. Oh, Iggy Azalea, Iggy Iggy, give me one more chance. <laughs> oh, that was lame. Stop that. So, Iggy Azalea is the is an interesting case in hip hop. I like to think she's like the female Macklemore, right? Like, like in her prime, she was stupid hot. Like you couldn't turn on the radio without hearing an Iggy song. And you know, she had the Ti cosign, and it was just a lot of things that were working for her. Not to mention, she's tall, beautiful, and white. You know. So all those work in your favor, especially in in hip hop. You usually, when you're a unicorn in something, you tend to be the one who people flock to, rather than the rose, which is beautiful, but people have seen it a thousand times, right? But as you haven't noticed, you know Iggy through, I don't know, if I would say her her own doing, but just a change in the market has not been nearly as successful recently. But she did have. You know, some song recently that caught a little buzz and she was planning a whole tour. She was planning a whole North American tour. And I was like, all right, you you know, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're going to get back in your groove, get, you know, back into hip hop. I know some people I'm here in Atlanta who have hung out with her personally, say she's a great girl. So, so, you know, I don't wish for anyone to have not success unless your name is Vic Mensa that you can suck my dick from the back. Like my man Merrill says... Outside of that, I want everyone to have success in this game, have have success in this industry, be able to do what they want to do. And then it comes out that the tour is canceled. Now, I'm going to try in on a little secret. The only reason tours ever get canceled is, is for low, low ticket sales. Don't believe when an artist says, well, I'm working on an album and I just want to stay focused. No, 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 no. You're not turning down million million dollar bags. No, no, no. That just doesn't happen. Tours literally only get canceled because of low ticket sales. But usually the artist will kind of pull it before like the company that's sponsoring the the tour does, right? This is one that that came directly from, I believe, Live Nation. Because, you know, whatever, facts don't, don't really matter. But I believe it was Live Nation, which canceled her entire tour. And it really... And Iggy came out and said, you know, she's really d- disappointed and it wasn't her, which, which lets you know, like, no one's checking for her music anymore. So my question is, what do artists like Iggy Azalea do when you're no longer popular in hip hop? What, what do you do when you no longer have an audience or a lane in this art form, right? How do you move on? I believe it's time for people like Iggy just to, fa- just to focus on fashion, She's an amazing model and, you know, fashionista. She could easily put out a whole, you know, fashion line of hip-hop themed clothes 
for women. And I'm sure it would sell because these women out here love Fashion Nova. They love that shit. They eat that shit up. These black women love Fashion Nova. Like, like that company ain't ran by an old white man. Like, I see Fashion Nova on more black women now than I've ever seen in my entire life. And most of them don't even know shit about the shit about the damn company, which is just the funniest thing to me. And I hope that that works out for her because I think it will. I think it's just time that she let go of the music. I think it's just time she just understands that she doesn't have a lane in music like that. She doesn't have necessarily the voice in music like that anymore. But I do believe she can still be very successful in art and fashion. I just think that as far as hip hop goes, it just needs to kind of be dead for her right now. Maybe go into to writing for someone. I don't know. I just know ain't nobody checking for your music and anybody buying your tour tickets. That's why the company canceled your, your damn tour. All right. Sorry to sound cold and harsh, but that's the truth. And that's the truth of the matter. Moving right along in light skinned people news. Little Xan. The light skinned dude Mexican who looks white, but he is actually Mexican, who everyone in hip hop seems to hate. I don't know why. I actually like a few Little Xan songs. I think he's actually a decent kid. He actually doesn't do Xans anymore, hence why his name is still Little Xan or Diego or whatever this kid calls himself. But if it's not one thing, it's the next with this guy over and over again. He's a walking definition of not taking care of your, yourself, of how just because you have money in the bank and a career, it doesn't make you happy. You know, first it was, you know, just pissing on his 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 records, saying that his you know management team controls his his, his whole life, keying up his car. This weird hospitalization, which he claims is, is, I mean, is for hot Cheetos, but I know a, a thousand Hispanic people who um, who have eaten Takis and hot Cheetos their entire freaking life, and they never had a problem. So I highly doubt that that's actually true. And then yesterday, I'm scrolling through you know social media, doing my Googles, and I see a video of you just ranting in the mall, yelling at at someone. And at some point, I just have to ask myself, like, when does little Zan stop? When does little Zan just say, yeah, yeah, no way, maybe I should go to a long-term mental health facility and get myself straight. Clearly, you're not happy. Clearly, you can't go a week or two without some odd video or story coming out um, at you. I have no idea if we'll ever even get another project out of you. I, I don't even know how your tour is doing, but I know about you yelling in the mall. You're reaching the point in music where your antics out outweigh your music. And when your antics start to outweigh your music, you quickly become forgettable. The only thing I'm playing, what's the last time you heard a Soldier Boy song? But you can definitely re- remember in recent memory Soldier Boy wild antics on the internet, right? Okay, point proven. So I pray to God, I pray to God that people like Little Xan just remember that they don't have to they don't have to keep doing this like you can go sit down for a few months and get yourself right and come back like this art of hip hop is changing so much it's not just just a young man's game anymore you you can easily make rap in, until your 40s I mean your 50s now and people will still like it because some people like grown man rap so i hope 
little Zan taste, take care of himself, get back to touring, making dope music. I personally just don't want to hear or see you on the internet ranting anymore because I'm getting tired of it. And I think your family is getting tired of it too. And it just screams not taking care of yourself mentally. And, and, and as someone who has to do that a lot just so I can function normally in a society built like ours, I want to make sure that I don't trash you, young brother, but, but help you understand that a lot of kids look up to you. So you need to make sure that, that you're setting forth, forth the best example for them mentally and physically. And also make sure you, you you know, make sure you never say Tupac is whack ever again because just just don't say that, right? Um let's see. Oh, oh, yes. Joe Button versus Offset. Now, I know a lot of people don't like Joe Button. I understand a lot of people don't like his personality. Me and Joe Budden are think a lot alike, so I personally think he's I mean, he's a dope person. But I don't have to tell you, you know Joe Budden and the Migos have 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 had beef for forever. You know they don't like each other. You know that it's pretty much always on site whenever Joe Budden sees any member of the the Migos or just or, or just QC the the label in general outside of I, I believe Yachty because he he said that him and Lil Yachty are actually. Really, really cool now they talked um, before this incident that I'm about to talk about coming up. So I don't think it's necessarily a QC problem anymore. I, I believe it's more just a Joe Budden and Offset problem. So Offset is in Barney's, you know, rich, rich nigga shopping. And he sees Joe Budden running. And he decides to hop on the internet and say, hey, I saw Joe Budden running from me. And I was like... I knew it was bullshit like when I first saw it because Joe Budden chased down white teenagers in a car. You really think he, he he's, he's going to run from a rapper shopping for a blouse? I highly doubt it. So when it comes to, to stuff like that, I knew he was obviously trolling. But, you know, it's 2018 and everyone loves a good story regardless if it's true or not. So it just it took it and ran with it. But I wanted to see what Joe had to say on his podcast, something that, that I, I listen to. Every single week. I love Joe Budden's podcast. I think it's dope. Joe said he was running to the bathroom. Which could happen. If you know Joe Budden, he just might, you know, Barney's is a huge store. And he might have just had to go go, go to the bathroom. I don't know. And I really just want the drama to stop, right? Like, Offset is too big of a rapper to be out here assuming things about Joe Budden just because Joe Budden said something uh, uh, about your wife that you don't like, which I don't even know exactly what the hell Joe said because it does not necessarily matter because Offset is going to get mad anyway. I'm just saying it's to the point now where I wish fans could could fact check. I wish fans could actually do research and get more information onto things before we just jump out the window, jump completely out of, you know, perspective, and just believe anything that these celebrities tell us because they're rich and famous and then have a following, so so it must be be true. It's easy to fool people once you have money and power. It's very easy to to make them believe that you care about things when you don't. All right.
So once again, Offset, Joe Budden was not running from you. He was running to, to the bathroom, which is totally sounds like Joe Budden. I just don't think Offset wants that Joe Budden issue, actually. Because Joe Budden is a mental health patient. He is beyond freaking crazy. And outside of that, if we're talking bar for bar, rap-wise, Joe Budden can wash the floor with 99.9% of rappers. And I put that on my podcast. I, I, I would tattoo that on my body. That's how confident I am that Joe Budden can out-rap anybody. Because remember, I'm a hip-hop head. So I know a lot more of Joe's extensive catalog than most people. So I know Joe can out-rap people. Not saying that Offset can't rap, but I don't think he holds a candle lyrically to what a Joe Budden could do. But hey, you know, beef sells and people like it. And, you know, it keeps your, your, your name circulating and in the headlines. And people like me sit down and do whole segments on podcasts about it. So I understand. I understand why you have to do it. I'm just saying I don't think it's the the I don't think it's the best thing for you to do at this point in your career. You're you're almost an elder statesman as far as hip hop goes, seeing that you've been in this game pretty much seven to eight years majorly now. So I don't think you you really need to keep beefing with Joe Budden. We get it. You don't like him. He talks about your wife Cardi and, and not a negative way, but I believe in a I'm in a way that that any married man would not be that happy with. So I get it. But at what point do you say it's just not fucking worth it? Because once people hear that Joe actually wasn't running from you, but running to the bathroom, you start to look real stupid. You you start to look like you just have no idea what you're actually talking about. And and, and I don't want that to be his story. I, 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 I don't think it needs to be Offset's story, which is why it's so baffling to me that he feels the need to call him a rat and that he talks to cops. I don't believe Joe Budden has ever talked to a cop in his life. He, 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 he doesn't give me that that vibe. And trust, I, I've been around a lot of niggas who will call the cops in a heartbeat. Joe Budden just doesn't give me that vibe that he would call the cops on anybody or anything as far as hip-hop goes. All right? So let's hope that's the end of it. This is a weird beef. This is a weirdest beef ever. 6 9 versus Kodak Black. Now... If you know anything about 6ix9ine, outside of the controversial reasons why he's famous, you know that every time he has a record coming out, he tends to beef with someone because it keeps his name going. It makes his, you know, it keeps people coming back to his page. So I knew it was going to be some rapper. And I don't know what happened. I believe Kodak said something about 6ix9ine being afraid to go to jail or his music sucked. Something happened. And these two just started going back and forth. This has to be the ugliest nigga beef ever. Like, I don't care. Who cares about this? Who cares if you two don't like each other? But I'm saying this to to say one thing. Kodak says that he believes that 6ix9ine couldn't survive in jail or in prison. Kodak, who gives a fuck? He should not be built to. If, if that's what you're beefing about... In hip-hop in 2018, I'm just going to say we have fallen so far off in this art because I believe that no one should be built to survive prison. And let me know that Kodak 
has an institutionalized mind that that he's been in jail so many times that he believes that he's just built for it. Nobody should be built to spend their life in a fucking box for for mistakes unless you kill people, rape people, things like that, like horrific shit, right? Then you better build yourself up to do that shit. But outside of that, 69 spent time on Rutgers Island when he was younger. You can actually look that up. Like, 69's been to jail. So I don't understand why Kodak felt, felt, felt the need to hop all the way out and act like 6ix9ine just ain't built for this shit. I believe 6ix9ine's built for whatever the fuck six, that 6ix9ine wants to be built for. For some odd reason, despite all the controversies, despite every person who has called this person out for everything he has done, this dude's first nine singles and possibly first ten have all reached Billboard Hot 100. That is unheard of type of levels of success in this game. And it's because he just does not give a fuck. And I'm saying this to, to teach people that even from people that you don't like, you that you can learn valuable things. Like the art of not giving a fuck. Do you know how confident you have to be to walk around with with a number 69 tattooed over 200 times on your body and and rainbow hair? Like, that takes some serious, I don't give a F attitude. And once you start to, to not give a F about what people say about you and do, you start to become more successful because you're too focused worrying on your, worrying about yourself, all right? So I believe that we could take from this the fact that Kodak Black has an institutionalized mind that he believes it's something to diss someone to say that they, they wouldn't be built to to survive in prison, which is one of the dumbest things I believe you could say to somebody. And 6ix9ine just is someone who you can learn, just don't give a fuck, because he don't. Look where he at. I'm not saying you can do that with everything in life, but there are certain things in your life you should learn to not give a fuck about what people say. And how you feel about yourself is definitely one of them. Like, Definitely. So I was at, you know, City Field watching BTS this past weekend, and there was a rather large hip-hop festival here in my hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, called AC3 Festival. I believe that's 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 what it called. And Lil Wayne was performing. And I don't know if there was a scuffle, if there were shots. Um, I've seen videos, but the videos don't necessarily tell you what happened. You just hear, like, banging noises. And everyone just flees from Lil Wayne's show, right? And it's crazy because no one has an official word of what happened. Hundreds of people with hundreds of, if not thousands of hours of recording capabilities in in the pocket of their hand. And no one can tell us what exactly happened at Lil Wayne's set at AC3 Festival. That's crazy to me. But however, you know black folks, when one person starts running in a crowd of festival people or concert, generally most of us start running because we know something bad about to happen. It's very, very interesting to me because here in my home county of Cobb County, Lil Wayne and, and um, not, not Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne's mentor, I'm off this, this, this thing today, guys. Y'all know I'm super sick, but let's, let's keep going. Lil Wayne's mentor, Birdman, is actually facing charges 
or could be facing charges along with uh, Young Thug for possibly shooting up Lil Wayne's tour bus. What was that? 2015? Yeah, I believe 2015. So it's very awkward for me to see that for some odd reason, Lil Wayne keeps running into near-death experiences here in Atlanta. Which sucks because his new album is dope. Yes, it's long and some of it is dated, but I believe that that it's one of the best you know, albums of the, uh, of the year. I wouldn't put it as a rap album of the year. I, would, I don't know who I'd give that, 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 that title to because I tend to leave that kind of judgment till like early December when most albums have, have, have already dropped that are going to. It's only mid-October and I know we still got some more projects that, that just came out that I haven't even listened to yet because I've been super busy. But um, I just want... I, I just hope we as a culture protect Lil Wayne, right? I hope we don't lose Wayne at like 45 from something stupid. And then we all talk about how great he, he that Wayne was and what he meant to the culture. And, and like, I would like to, 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 to see Wayne and his whole energy, especially here in Atlanta, move to a safer space because it seems like someone is just out here trying to, you know, set up Wayne to fall. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it is what it is. I know I sound like crap this this week, guys, but I, you know, I'm sorry. I've had a long week, had a lot of stuff in my life happen. As you guys can hear it, I'm sick. But I told myself I would sit down this week and give you guys at least a good solid 40 minutes. So before we go, I would like to talk about one last thing. My man Clifford T.I. Harris dropped his new album, Dime Trap. And I haven't heard it yet, but I did read some reviews. And for what I'm and I and I haven't heard all of it, but I have heard the songs with Meek Mill and Young Thug. And it's T.I. Like this guy is just he 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 doesn't age. He is a timeless wonder in this art form. And and there would be none of you little dumbass fucking SoundCloud rappers who fill up my email with your lame ass music if there was not for people like like TI. But I I say this to 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 say TI isn't what pushing 40 or in his 40s, been in this game 20 years and still has a lane to create music. Hip hop is changing. This is no longer just a young man's game. Anybody at any age can can come into this game, drop a hit single and it be dope. Hence why Little Duval just scored a, a, a number one record at 41 and he's a comedian like like it. I'm, I'm not saying you can come out of nowhere, but if you have the the talent and, and know and know how to artfully craft a hit record, you can do just about anything in this art form. And I'm so happy because Ti birthed trap music. I don't care what none of y'all say. You never be able to tell me different. I, I believe it in my heart, soul, spirit, and full body. Ti birthed trap music, and there would be no trap music without the King of the South. I grew up listening to every Ti song probably known to man. I've heard just about every one of them, heard every T.I. mixtape. I, I mean, I, I'm a huge T.I. fan. But as he's gotten older, you know, I understand he's put out less music and, and things like like that. And his last album wasn't my favorite. It it has some dope tracks on it, but it wasn't my favorite. So when I heard Dime Trap was, 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 was coming out, I heard the songs with Meek Mill and Young Thug. And by the way, excellent beat selection whoever is selecting ti's beats 
for him or if, or, or, if, or if he's doing it himself, hats off to you because you are doing an amazing job. I just wasn't overly excited to hear a new T.I. record because I didn't want to hear one of my favorite rappers sound dated. Like, I didn't want him to sound old. But he is a grown man now who actually sounds like he could still go with these young cats and he works with these young cats and he puts his music in a pocket to where anybody can love it, anybody can understand it, anybody can vibe with it. And I love the the fact that hip hop is changing to a space where that's okay, where it doesn't matter how old you are. So that's the podcast for this week, guys. A little shorter. Um, uh, eventually, as we grow and get you know more into this, there will be you know um, probably about like an hour, hour and a half. This week, I had planned to discuss a lot more, but I'm still sick, still still trying to recover. I just wanted to at least give give you guys some content because I love you guys. I care about you guys. Um, shout out to everyone who has helped me get this far. Shout out to all my BTS family. Thank you guys for an amazing show. Like, like I said at the beginning, guys, City Field was amazing. And to see the biggest K-pop act in the world sell out a stadium, 40,000, in New York City and to have a moment where they thank hip hop for for saving their lives was a point in which I realized that this art form means so much to so many people around the world that we have to make sure we continue to push it forward in 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 healthy and positive ways. And I guarantee you that if you're open to listening to new and exciting um um hip hop, you will love BTS because granted they are Korean and rap in a different language, you can still understand the emotions of it, the flow of it, and they all will, will tell you straight up their their favorite rappers and and who they're inspired by, and that's why I love them to death. Once again, I'm your boy Operator Sixteen, poet, blogger, songwriter extraordinaire. This is Awkward Kids episode numero tres.